The Census Bureau is busy with a lot of things right now, including hiring hundreds of thousands of temporary part-time enumerators. They'll go door-to-door throughout the nation, helping make sure everyone is counted. But the hourly pay does vary from $13 or $14 an hour in southern rural areas to nearly $30 an hour in places like San Francisco. For more on the enumerator program, we are joined by the Associate Director for Field Operations, Tim Olson. Mr. Olson, good to have you on. Tom, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. First of all, give us a sense of how much progress you've made in finding the and hiring the enumerators you need so far. Here we are in early February. Yeah, we're actually, it's in spite of the fact that we're at a 50-year low for unemployment as a nation, we've actually recruited over 2 million applicants. Um, we still have a few more to go. Uh, we are starting the hiring process right now, So, but we will continue accepting applications for the next few months. We, just to give you a number, we still need about 600,000 additional applicants. Uh, applying is so simple, 2020census.gov slash jobs. You accept then about one of every five applicants to become actually a operator. Correct. We will hire, we'll actually put to work up to as many as 500,000 people throughout the country. And their primary job is to follow up with individual addresses that have not self-responded to the census. Uh, You know, uh, when we start the census in mid-March, every household in America can self-respond online, over the phone, or with a paper questionnaire. We're expecting about 61% of all of the addresses in the nation to self-respond. But it's that remainder, the 39%, that uh, my team, we end up hiring, you know, up to a half million people. And the non-responses, are they proportional to the populations in those areas? Or are there certain areas that have a higher percentage, let's say, of non-responders? Or do you track that kind of thing? We, we track it actually down to the individual block level. So we've, you know, we've done this many, many decades. So we've got a lot of experience. We have expectations or projections where the self-response will be higher and where it will be lower. And so we've built our uh, recruiting and hiring model based on what these uh, expectations are uh, at the local level. And what are your criteria for accepting someone as an enumerator? It's pretty simple. You just need to be 18 years of age or older, need to be a U.S. citizen, uh, have a a valid Social Security number, uh, and also have uh, access to a vehicle. Most of our employees will uh, be doing local travel uh, where they live, following up with households. Uh, And also in the application process, you need to have a, a valid current email address so we can communicate with you. And do you somehow map language skills, if the people have them, to the particular areas that they will be canvassing? Absolutely. So we we built our hiring model uh, at what we call the census tract level, which is, think of it as a cluster of about about 4,000 population. And within each tract throughout the nation, we know exactly, based on census data, what languages are spoken in those tracts. And so in our hiring, uh, we will specifically, where there is non-English-speaking uh, households, we will hire individuals in those tracks that are bilingual. Interestingly, uh, and we're kind of proud of this, uh, right now out of the more than 2 million applicants that are in our system, over 20% of them are bilingual, the majority being Spanish speakers. Uh, but when you put all of the languages together that are spoken 
uh, by these individuals. It's over 455 languages and dialects. So it's, it's a very diverse applicant pool that we've been building over the last several months. Uh, we still need people that are uh, bilingual in a variety of languages. So if, if you're listening to this show, uh, regardless if you're bilingual or not, we just encourage you to apply. We're speaking with Tim Olson. He's Associate Director for Field Operations at the U.S. Census Bureau. And let's get to that pay issue, because I just did some exploring and found that it's almost $30 an hour in San Francisco, rural Alabama or Mississippi, some very tiny counties. Some of those counties have fewer residents than some whole towns in the areas around D.C., for example. And it's as low as $13, $14 an hour. Why is that? And how do you determine what the rates ought to be? So our our goal and our objective is to make the pay rates, the hourly rates, competitive in the county where we are hiring. And so we've uh, done a, a complete analysis uh, starting in the mid-decade. We've refreshed it every year up through 2017 and 2018 using uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, uh, income data to determine what is the median uh, wage rate in each individual county. And then we, we use a formula to come up with what the hourly rate should be in that particular county. And as you said, they range from $13.50 an hour as high as $30 an hour. Uh, and we, uh, we do that just so we can attract people. These are really short-term jobs. They're part-time. Uh, most jobs will last four to eight weeks. People will work 20, 25 hours a week. Uh, it's up to them. They set their own schedules. Uh, but we only have one chance to get it right. And so in the recruiting process, we've got to be, have a competitive pay rate at that local level so we're attracting applicants. Now, I guess it's fair to say, too, that even at thirteen fifty an hour, you're close to twice the minimum federal wage. So that's to be said in favor of this. But you don't Correct. feel that... Uh, Someone in rural Alabama might be worth twenty just because of the difficulty of the work. <laughs> well, I think everybody's worth a lot of money. Uh, we we value our applicants and we value our our those people that we hire without a doubt. Uh, but we know from the data that uh, regardless of what the pay rate is that we've established at the local level, uh, we believe that they are competitive. And so, uh, recently in December, early December, we did another scrub of all of our hourly pay rates, and we increased the pay rates in 77% of the counties in the U.S. to make them even more competitive to make sure that we attract enough applicants in each local area. All right. And uh, I also wanted to ask you while we have you about the issue of the physical requirements of the job, especially they could be going into some rural cabin and Lord knows what's behind the rickety door there, or they could be going into a dangerous neighborhood in a big city. What about the physical dangers that might be encountered by well, enumerators? We, yeah, it's a great question. This is my fourth census managing field operations, so I, I'm pretty... Uh, I've seen a lot of things happen, uh, good things and, and tough things. Uh, our strategy and, and what we've done every decade is we hire people from each local neighborhood. So uh, for you and I, we might think a particular neighborhood is maybe uh, tougher or maybe more dangerous than what we're familiar with, but we're hiring people from that neighborhood. So for them, they're familiar with that neighborhood. And uh, we train people how to be safe. 
things to look for. And, of course, safety is paramount in all of the work that our people do. And, by the way, you said this is your fourth census doing this, so that means you have a minimum of 30 years at the Bureau. <laughs> correct, correct. I'm, I'm much older than I look. No, this is my first census was 1990, and I was one of the you know, hundreds of thousands of temporary employees. I lived and worked in the Pacific Northwest on the 1990 census. i got to tell you, I've done a lot of things in my life, but working for the Census Bureau, you feel a sense of mission. You feel a sense of passion because you want the data to be accurate. And in, when you conduct a decennial census, which is a count of all people, you know, the, the, the passion we have at the Bureau to make sure every single person has an opportunity and is accurately counted in the census, uh, it, it's a, a great thing. And when you realize that the outcome from the census, the numbers that come out of the census, they're going to determine how we as a nation are represented for the next decade. That's huge. And then when you add in all of the billions and billions of dollars, federal monies that are allocated every single year uh, to local communities for schools and roads and public transit and senior services, you you realize that it's not simply just a bunch of numbers that come out of the census. It's how we live. And so it's, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Tim Olson is Associate Director for Field Operations at the U.S. Census Bureau. Thanks so much for joining me. Tom, thank you very much. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.